0: We are I. All right, take three. (laughs) Dope. It seems like the, the world is kind of against you and I sometimes, um, I know everybody will pick up it in the feed. We were in the middle of a conversation and then the power went out in Costa Rica. So we're just, um, this is a few hours later. We're starting to record this again and, uh, you know, just kind of getting back into it all. And so thanks again, obviously for interrupting your day and, uh, sitting down and having a little, um, it looks like nothing's changed in the background for you. Like it looks still beautifully sunny there in Costa Rica. And oh man, I'm just I'm so jealous of you guys being there right now. Uh,
1: well, you know what the best part about where I am is that the position of my setup is that I'm kind of like outside inside. You know, I'm under under shelter, but the uh, I've got like this this beautiful view right there. So it's oh, it's yeah. fully open. There's no windows. And what I love about here in Costa Rica is that. Actually, they have really great ventilation uh, built into the houses. So every every aspect of the house has a small like opening, and of course, it's got like a mosquito net or something on the front for all the bugs and all the mosquitoes, because yeah. you would get bitten to death to be honest. And I and I did when we arrived here, even with the mosquito nets on the windows. So I don't know where they're coming from, but yeah, basically, like there's really nice like air exchange, and there is a lot of light everywhere, which which I really Really value and appreciate. Yeah,
0: so I know one thing that I wanted to discuss with you because I know for me and like everybody else, obviously in the summertime, you know everybody feels so much better, and you're kind of chasing perpetual summer throughout the world. You know what was it like for your first initial transition going from Finland to Cyprus? Because obviously from Cyprus now to Costa Rica, it's very very similar, I would say. You know, like sun exposure wise, but like Finland to Cyprus must have been a, a pretty big difference, eh?
1: It was, and uh, because myself and Tina, we've always been like sun worshippers, even in Finland, we really made the effort to be in the sun as much as possible, even in the winter time. And then we noticed that we tanned extremely easily, even in Finland, even though you know it doesn't get that hot there, and the summer is like maybe maximum thirty degrees Celsius in the summertime, and the summertime is very short. so, The whole time that we were there, every single summer, we actually did develop a really nice tan there. Uh, Mm -hmm. But of course, it went away because the majority of the months, there is such a lack of UV light and the days are so much shorter. But when moving to Cyprus, we tanned extremely well because we were practicing a lot of red light therapy as well in Finland. Uh, we had a big red light therapy panel. Uh, you kind of need that, you know, when you don't have the sun. Uh, yeah. so we were doing that like twice a day, you know, once in the morning, once in the evening. And that, what that does, it actually prepares your skin for higher intensity UV light. So this is why waking up with the sunrise and get exposing your body to the red, the red frequencies of the, of the sun prepares your skin for later on in the day to be able to time easier. So this is uh, I believe why we were able to you know not burn when we went to Cyprus at all. And yeah, it was it was amazing. I mean, our body handled it extremely well and we were we went from feeling good in Finland to feeling amazing in Cyprus. Then after uh, in the winter in Cyprus it kind of uh, got like you know a little bit cold and the UV was down a lot. So we decided that this winter we were going to come to Costa Rica instead. Uh, you know, and escape the winter in Cyprus. So now we're basically back in summer. So we got two summers back to back. And, uh, here the, it doesn't get as hot as Cyprus, if you believe it or not. In Cyprus, it's like around 45 degrees Celsius in the summertime. Here it gets maximum 30 degrees. Mm-hmm. So even though we're on the equator, it's actually not hotter. But the, the way that I tan here is very different. So the tan comes quicker. And I believe it's because uh, there is less risk of burning because the the uh it's not as hot so i think it's like my body is like absorbing it a little bit easier
0: yeah um do you notice at all in like this would be like anecdotal because you'd have to get blood work to be able to get it done but like do you notice or feel like you know maybe your testosterone levels are increasing because you know like obviously a precursor to testosterone is dhea precursor to dhea is vitamin d You know, so, but, and then obviously when you're, you know, exposed to so much more sunlight and you're specifically sunbathing, this allows, you know, obviously increased vitamin D production in the body, you know, Mm -hmm. aside of just feeling better, like, do you notice anything different, you know, like consistent strength gains or strength increases, you know, like libido increases, like, like anything along those lines in contrast to Finland?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I would say that like when I'm in the sun, I get leaner so much easier on the same amount of calories. So if I was eating one set of uh, energy before and the same now, like my body just all of a sudden starts losing fat and my skin starts getting tighter. I'm more vascular. I feel like definitely my performance improves in the gym and I feel like my muscles are more relaxed overall. So, you know, I don't need to I don't feel like I need to be taking so much, you know, magnesium or things to get my muscles relaxed. And I believe one of the main reasons for that is the increased nitric oxide that you get from the exposure to UV light and to the blue light from the sun and the infrared. So all of that together is increasing nitric oxide and that's obviously dilating the blood vessels and that's allowing the body to be more relaxed, but that's also improving the pump. So when you exercise, you get a better pump. You get a bit bigger swelling, so you've got more volume in your muscle, and definitely my my performance increased. But all of this actually can be backed up by science because, all, as I explained to you, all these frequencies of light they all play a key role in our physiology. And yeah. you know, from the all from the sunrise all the way to the sunset, uh, why we are designed to be outside as humans is because we are meant to get all those frequencies of light. So think of e- each frequency of light. Infrared, red light, UV, blue, green, uh, orange—all these frequencies—they're offering something. They're like a nutrient to the body. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, these days modern man is a uh, nu- uh, nutrient deficient in terms of sunlight, but also in nutrition as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you know, we are. What's what's the funny thing about modern man is that we skip the sunrise, so we skip the preparation phase for the skin, and then we go out in midday sun. And we wear sunscreen thinking that, you know, we're going to protect ourselves and thinking that we can also stay all day in the sun just because we are wearing sunscreen. This is one of the craziest things, because if you watch every animal and no animal stays in the sun for long periods of time, they are in the sun until they get over, you know, before they overheat and then they go in the shade. Human is the only animal which thinks that they can defy the laws of nature and apply something on their skin. And then, you know, stay out all day. And then also think that there are no detrimental effects to applying that stuff on the skin because we don't know what is actually in those, you know, chemicals. And the the skin is one of the largest organs of the body. It absorbs everything that you put on it. So it goes into your bloodstream. So we have to be very wise with uh, with our decisions and not think that we can outsmart the sun. You have to be observant what is nature doing you know we need to be doing what nature is doing so spending as much time outdoors as possible in the shade if necessary and taking frequent bouts in the sun to condition our skin and build that solar colors you know where you condition the skin to not get burnt
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, just like it's the ironic part of that to me, just with, you know, the sunscreen thing is like how many sunscreens have been, you know, linked to causing cancer, skin issues, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, but then, you know, people thoroughly convinced that the sun is going to, you know, give you cancer, but the shit you're like kicking on your skin isn't going to. And like you said, like, you know, our skin's just like a big porous sponge. So, you know, like anything that you put on it or that you're around it is just, you know, soaking it all in, you know, and that immediately just leaches right into your body. And, you know, like just because you might not end up with skin cancer from, you know, uh, or sunscreen doesn't mean that you're going to end up with some other detrimental effects inside the body that they just haven't linked to sunscreen yet.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, that uh, everything that you put on your body is not just like, think about that's just one thing, right? People now these days, we've got cosmetics, which are like highly toxic. And especially women are, are um, attacked with this unknowingly. And they are applying all of these cosmetics on their body. And they're exposed to all these unknown chemicals. And they say that they have tested, for example, specific chemicals for specific things, that it doesn't cause harm. But no one has tested all these chemicals together. What do they actually do to the body? And when you the body, I like to look at it as a bucket. And once your bucket overflows, so your detox uh, detoxification capacity overflows, you're screwed because that's when symptoms start to arise. When your body simply cannot get rid of it anymore efficiently without you knowing it. And eventually it has to present it to you, whether it's through the skin, you know, coming to the surface or some digestive issues, some brain fog, not feeling good, always being sick you know, lack of energy, all of this stuff is a sign of immune system dysfunction. And so that's because we have, you know, overloaded the immune system. So now our immune system can't keep up with uh, protecting from other things that are potentially even more important. But we are stressing it so much from the environmental stressors. And I call things environmental stressors, things that we are taking from the outside, putting on the inside or applying on the skin. Even things that you inhale is an environmental stressor. So for example, perfumes or uh, candles that smell nice, for example, they can have like toxic chemicals that we inhale, go straight into the lung, straight into the bloodstream. You know, we don't know the sequences of that, but if I'm around any of those things, immediately my lungs get constricted. And it's not because I'm sensitive. It's because I am actually, I've conditioned my body to not be around those things, so now I can pick up on that stuff way quicker, you know. So it's I'm actually I'm a blessing. Exactly
0: that same way, you know, like just with like being sorry, such a large family, you know, like there's always like sense. And I'm I'm like hypoallergenic, like everything, you know. I just I don't to me I just don't need the smell of stuff. I don't want the chemicals on it. Like I don't need my bounce sheets to smell like stuff. I don't need my laundry detergent to smell like things. And but like I'm super sensitive to fragrances now. And I just, I'm not about it at all. Like, I'm always like harping on everybody around here. Just like, you know, just like the, it's nothing to them, but to me, like, it's just, it, it's, it's so powerful. It's so overwhelming that it just, it shocks me that, like, that, like, people these days, they can go by, you know, like with spraying, you know, tons of perfume on, and then their deodorant as perfume and their, their, like, clothes smelling like perfumes. They washed them in perfume, like, just, all those kind of things were just complete overload for the senses in the body that when it comes down to actually smelling yeah. some of the subtleties of life, maybe some of the things that, you know, would be attractive like pheromones and, you know, like, you know, different smells of foods and like, you know, then we get into the how that correlates to taste and all that kind of stuff. Like how we're just, you know, dumbing down all those senses and, and for what, you know, like really like, well, it's the benefit of, you know, like motions yeah. that smell like perfumes or candles and all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'll tell you one crazy thing is the association between freshness and cleanliness and all of this uh, on this topic, because I think this is something that really bothers me a lot, actually, when people think that just, just because something smells fresh, fresh uh, or mm-hmm. smells like, you know, with perfume, it's supposedly clean. But in reality, like what what are you aiming to do by adding those perfumes there with that cleaning product? Is the cleaning product supposed to clean something or is it supposed to make something smell like something? And because people always want things to smell like a certain way, they don't mind it. No one ever questions anything, but because they don't realize that it has consequences, you know, long-term when we are exposed to these things, especially when it's multifactorial, maybe it's not the one cleaning liquid that you, that you clean your floor with, but it can be that and your detergent and what you wash your uh your dishes in and what you like put your shampoo that you put on your head and your deodorant and your toothpaste. And we keep on going down the list now about all the things that could potentially be harming us. Basically anything that we can buy from a supermarket, you know, is actually going to be potentially harmful if it's not a ecological, you know, company who has actually tried to make an effort to make it less toxic for us and also for the environment, because where do you think all those things go? After you wash them down the drain, or you flush them down the toilet, are they not going to go in the ocean or the rivers? And then what's that going to do to the planet? Do we want the animals now? Do we want to eat fish with perfumes in them? You know, it's it's like some things that people really need to think about. Like, it's all about just putting a little bit of thought about, you know, is this actually necessary? For example, what I do when I'm cleaning things, I always use vinegar for everything. You know, I use vinegar on all the surfaces. You, vinegar for mopping, vi- vinegar for cleaning the toilet. You don't actually need like fancy uh, smells, you know, to for something to be clean. You just need something to kill the bacteria, you know, and and that's basically it. Uh, or just to make sure that the surfaces are clean. And on my body, I always use this uh, salt deodorant, which doesn't have any perfumes, so it's just like a salt rock basically. And uh, I basically don't use any shampoo on my hair at all. I haven't done in. over six years now so I actually don't use any shampoos or any soaps on my body at all just water
0: see I I don't either ever since I started with the carnivore diet I haven't and it wasn't intentional either it was just like one day I realized that I wasn't and then I just didn't really go back like I can't remember last time I used shampoo in my hair and or like a bar of soap like it just you know like it, it just and I honestly, I don't feel like I need it. And I, I, I think one of the biggest contributors to that not only diet, but also sitting in the sauna too. You know, like just like mm-hmm. being getting those big deep sweats on. You know, like yeah. five to seven times a week. You know, like religiously. On top of like working out, on top of being outside. And, you know, just not, you know, polluting my body with like a bunch of toxic food, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I, I really feel like those are some of the spin off benefits of it that, like, you know, I, I feel like I smell more like a human being now, um, yeah. you know, not just like a traveling, you know, like cosmetic kit. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's just, it's funny here you said, because like, for one, like a lot of people just don't want to openly talk about those things. Cause like, you know, bathing practices, you know, like everybody's like, oh yeah, you know, like I shower twice a day with this antibacterial soap mm-hmm. and, you know, like mm-hmm. shampoo and conditioner yeah. and, you know, kind of something that, uh, to add on to like what you said, where it's like all these perfumes going into our waterways. I always tell people, I'm like, what do you think happens with antibacterial soap when it gets into our waterways? And it's killing the bacteria in our waterways. You know, like just the more antibacterial stuff that goes into those waterways. Like what's the downstream impact that all those things are going to have too, right? That I just, I don't think are studied in any kind of way, shape or form.
1: Absolutely not. And uh, you never know like what that's going to do. You know, if it's going to actually allow pathogenic bacteria to to thrive, you know, wherever it's going. And that actually cause, you know, some severe Waterborne, bor- born illnesses and, and things like this, because you never know that a lot of that water that goes down the drains might be recycled back to drinking water as yeah. well through the, through the tap. Not, not that I recommend anybody drink tap water anyway, but you know, if, if you do, uh, of course, it's better to filter it because you know, you don't, you just simply don't know the, how the conditions of the pipes are, what they are putting in there, you know, with all the chlorine and the fluoride and the calcification, what it's actually doing. And you know, with the soaps, uh, why it's another huge issue for the body and the immune system is because your skin also has a microbiome too. And if you're using antibacterial or any kind of soap, just even it's just a regular soap, it's still going to alter your microbiome and kill off some of the beneficial bacteria. And that bacteria on your skin is actually there to protect you from pathogenic bacteria. So it's almost like if you touch something that's not supposed to go inside your body, Your skin bacteria is having a bit of a war on your, on your skin. Like it's not going to try and let it get in, you know? And then you have a, you have a chance. You have a fighting chance. But if you kill it off, that good bacteria, now you're only allowing the pathogenic bacteria to thrive on your skin. You've got no chance, you know? It's going to go, it's going to make you sick like so much easier.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, uh, what supplements are you guys taking regularly? Like you were talking about like magnesium before, not taking as much. You know and do you have the same access to supplementation as you did in in Cyprus and Costa Rica like what what are you guys doing
1: uh, so yeah good question actually yeah no the, the access here is uh, is pretty limited but uh, the one fundamental uh supplement that we have always been taking is magnesium and uh, I honestly can't go without it because if I do, I, I do notice that I get muscle cramps very easily. And, if, you know, because we exercise so much and we're so active, we sweat so much. So we really need to replace those, even though we put unrefined sea salt on all our foods. And sea salt, of course, has, you know, if it's in its complete form, you get like a ton of minerals, not only just sodium, like conventional salt is. Um, but still, of course, that is not, Maybe coming in enough, high enough dosages, you know, in a therapeutic enough dose for the magnesium. So that's definitely one supplement that we are consistently taking. We just started taking vitamin C again, uh, because we do go on and off from eating organs, you know, beef organs, uh, but we don't eat them all the time. And so because of that, you know, we, we like to take, uh, you know, vitamin C. Um, we used to take NAC you know, mm-hmm. n cysteine. we used to take that like all the time, but now that we're in Costa Rica, it's been a little bit harder to find. So now we're, we're just sticking to vitamin C and magnesium. Before I also used to take creatine as well on a daily basis, because I, I see absolutely no reason to cycle creatine because there is good research that there is no need to cycle it. You can stay on it for the rest of your life. Uh, so, but I do eat almost, uh, you know a kilo of meat a day so they around a kilo of meat a day gives you around 5 grams of creatine so yeah. that's almost like taking taking a supplement so but i do i do enjoy taking that and so vitamin c and magnesium those are my like my top uh, top supplements
0: oh cool yeah i try to eat uh, <clears throat> about 3 pounds of, of meat a day in various forms you know like like it just It always kind of seems just like my benchmark if I under eat or if I eat below that, like there's just not, it just doesn't seem like enough. And if I eat more than that, I'm just like forcing myself to eat, you know, past that like satiety stage, you know, you get that's, you know, notorious with being on a carnivore diet and stuff like that. Right. And it just kind of roughly around like, you know, like that three pounds, I feel like it just kind of levels out, which if you're eating about a kilo, that's like what, like one, 1. 1.6. That's
1: 2.2. That's 2.2. Uh, 2. No, 2. no, no. Yeah. 2.2. 2. Yeah. Cause uh, one kilo is 2.2 2. Yeah. 2 pounds. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we're pretty, pretty similar in that fashion. And stuff like that, uh, getting pretty close. How much do you weigh right now?
1: Um, around eighty-two kilos. Okay. So two point two times that.
0: Yeah, so we're we're pretty close to. I'm about one hundred and eighty pounds too. It's funny. Uh-huh. I live in Canada, and we're all you know, uh, you know, uh, kilograms, kilometers, you know, like the whole bit. But you know, just uh-huh. for whatever reason, everything always has just been converted into like pounds and all that kind of stuff but like driving it's you know still like the metric system so it's weird i'm sorry to reference it in in pounds not in kilos no like, problem you know, i'm I'm
1: getting used to it because here in costa rica it's it's actually everything is in pounds too okay, so yeah. <laughs> i'm having to you know get used to like a little bit of the different uh the way of looking at things and so yeah it's it's okay it's fine how
0: do you uh, how do you find the meat quality in costa rica
1: It's okay. Uh, it's not actually the best, uh, meat-based country, to be honest. It's more like a vegan paradise here. You can find every fruit, every vegetable that you can imagine. You know, it's, uh, they have so many great vegan and, uh, vegetarian restaurants, but, uh, in terms of steaks and, uh, and meat, it's not honestly not the best. They do have some grass-fed, uh, farms here too, which do delivery but the the meat to be honest is quite costly in comparison to to Europe so that's been a little bit of a interesting journey here
0: yeah um so uh, have you guys cut back on the amount of meat or like changed the sources of meat that you're eating at all like um you know no. like more more lamb instead of beef or more you know poultry instead of beef or anything along those lines
1: no no we don't compromise so like you know we we know that we like beef and we know that beef is king when it comes to the meats, so of course lamb is good too. Uh, all ruminant animals are, are great, uh, but of course beef is uh, is the best, uh, especially because we love the beef fat. You know, we love beef tallow, uh, and I feel that that plays a key role in uh, hormonal function. Mm-hmm. Uh, great for the skin health as well, and great for applying on the on the hair and on the on the skin for uh, sun protection, but also for moisturizing moisturizing the skin too so no we haven't uh, changed our ways at all in fact we've uh, increased the amount of uh, meat that we're eating now so
0: yeah cool <laughs> um what well, what are some of the biggest changes that you guys have gone through from like two years ago kind of like when we first met like like what would you say is the most significant fundamental change in thought process from then into now
1: i would say the biggest would be the way that we approach uh, circadian rhythms. And that's something that we've kind of touched upon a little bit already in this podcast. But that's just like, you know, paying way more attention to the sleep and waking cycle, uh, the what type of light we're exposed to at what time of the day. And uh, this is exactly why we wanted to move to Costa Rica, because they have a more stable day and night cycle. So, you, you know, you know that the sun rises at this time, and the sun sets at this time. And even throughout the seasons, it doesn't really fluctuate that much. Whereas, you know, in other places of the world, away from the equator, it's going to fluctuate a lot. Like in Finland, for example, in the summer, you have everlasting summer, Uh, you know, you have even one day in the summer, which is 24 hours of sun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas like here, it's just constantly the same, you know, it's going to rise at 530, it's going to go down at 530. And we, we love to live like in alignment with nature. We want to spend more time outdoors. And this is being one of our goals. And we have progressively worked towards that. And, you know, it's been one of our aims to try and be as close to nature as possible. It's not like that we weren't in nature in Cyprus. It's just that there, the, uh, access wasn't so easy because the, how Cyprus is built, it has a lot of concrete, a lot of, you know, buildings around. You've got access to the beach. It's super easy. You know, it's basically, 15 minutes from your house with a with a car drive. But the problem is that you haven't got like so much greenery around you. You don't ha- have so much abundance of this uh, flora around you You don't see so many animals. So there is a indeed a lack of uh, of nature. There is, of course, a lot of sea, but there isn't so much of this greenery around where you can just go and get grounded easily every day or unless you have a garden and you are watering it. Otherwise, it will be dry like a desert. You know,
0: yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, so are you guys staying there now, then, or are you guys going back and forth between Costa Rica and Cyprus, or what's the long term plan?
1: Good question. Well, we are in the process of like analyzing this, so we just want to see. You know, we're here right now. We're exploring the different areas of Costa Rica. We want to see, you know, where we like it the most, and uh, just try to get to know the place. You know, and uh, if we like it, then we'll stay. If we find that we're having more more resistance than what we are you know trying you know getting out of it then of course there's absolutely no reason why not to go back because in cyprus it was also great you know and especially in the in the summer it's absolutely beautiful and even in the winter it doesn't even rain that much whereas here the when the rainy season starts here the the rain like is insane i mean some days here already in the summer It has acted like it's been rainy season and it's just rain, just straight hard rain all day, you know, no, not a single glimpse of sunshine. So it's, it can be quite brutal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I know that's what it's like in Vancouver, too. Like, we're notorious for, you know, an abundance of rain, you know, in our rainy season and stuff. But I remember that, like, when I was in Costa Rica or just, like, you know, we've, we've been to, like, Mexico and stuff like that, too, where, you know, like, you just get those torrential downpours, you know, but they don't last long, too, right, unless it's in the rainy season. But you can get some yeah. monsoon rains in the right time of year down in Central America, for sure.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's why it's tropical, you know. That's why there is so much greenery around here because you've got, You've got the high UV environment, high UV like exposure, which is actually what yields the plants to grow. And because plants obviously require like to do photosynthesis, they require a high UV environment. High UV environment also means that there is an abundant fruit uh, growth too, because fruits do not simply grow in places where there is no UV. So the higher the UV environment, the more fruits there is. And this is why, uh, another thing, a reason why something that we didn't talk about was seasonal eating mm-hmm. and people who are not living close to the equator should not be consuming uh, fruits, especially if it's not growing where they where they are living. And especially if it's not the correct time of the year, because your body can tell from the food that you're eating, the information from the food. So the, like the food that we get is an electromagnetic barcode about the time of the year and the season and uh, and the strength of the sun and all of that is giving information to the body of how it should respond in terms of hormones in terms of melanin production all of this and so this is like something very important and how it throws people's uh, bodies off especially puts people into a diabetic like state uh, if they are eating fruits when they are not supposed to be eating fruits and it, especially if they are and let's say living in a Nordic country and it's in the middle of winter and they're eating a papaya in Finland, it's definitely not the right thing to do because you're giving a mismatching information to your brain and it just simply doesn't know what to do. And actually, there is a reason why fruits grow abundantly in the in the summer, because we are actually designed to become diabetic in the summer uh, from a survival standpoint. So what do I mean by this? I mean that the body is meant to store an excessive amount of fat in the summertime. So we're meant to get fat in the summertime, ancestrally, of course. Uh, I'm not talking that we have to do that now. But ancestrally, we're meant to get fat in the summer to be able to have that fat to carry us through the winter. And guess what? Like Our fat-soluble vitamins, like vitamin D, is stored in our adipose tissue. And so if we don't have adipose tissue in our body, where are we going to store the vitamin D? And there's going to be a slow release of that vitamin D into our system throughout the winter if we do not consume those carbohydrates. But the problem is human now consumes eternal carbohydrates throughout the summer and throughout the winter. So actually, you know, we're constantly storing fat on our body and we're constantly in a a diabetic-like state because we're not listening to the seasons. And also if we actually have a problem with our blood sugar, we actually shouldn't even be consuming fruits in the summer either. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, great points, great points. Yeah, it's one of those things too, it's just, you know, how you convince people, though, well, not people who know, know, but like, you know, trying to convince the majority of the population with like, you know, eating habits where they're just like, well, all these foods are healthy, so I should be able to eat them all times a year, there shouldn't be like any interruptions. This, It's like, no, but that's just an abundance. Like that's, it's over consumption, you know, like, like at no point in time, except for like the last 80 years, maybe not even that maybe last like 60 to 80 years consistently that we've had access to all these different foods all year round but it doesn't mean that you should i always try to say people it's like you have access to pizza doesn't mean you should eat it you have access to slurpees doesn't mean you should drink it you know just like that's the problem with people now is it's just simply before them and it's just like they want to put no thought into it you know and like before like you know when it came to preparing food having food storing food there's a lot of thought. There's generational thought. There is, you know, ancestral thought. You know, like there is like, look at all these fermented recipes that, you know, each different culture from around the world all had something that was fermented because they understood the importance behind, you know, fermented foods, maybe not from the understanding we do now, but they obviously, mm. did to some extent. So like, you know, but there's no thought, you know, like, I know here in Canada, one thing that really... Really bothered me that I heard a couple of years ago is the school started banning Skip the Dishes and Uber Eats and stuff from coming to schools because so many kids were ordering like Skip the Dishes to school that it was interrupting like classroom time because these you know people had to go and like get their food and stuff like that right and yeah like, yeah that's the disconnection that people have mm. with their food especially that younger generation of like easy mm. food, right
1: oh yeah it's that easy access and then that makes us totally disconnected too. How does the how does the food get on the shelf? You know, it's like uh, people now just don't simply know understand or question where is my food coming from? Who is prepping my food? You know, like how many hands has it passed to get onto the shelf? And this is why it's so important to support local farmers, to support, you know, your local fruit market, your your local vegetable market, uh, because then, you know, it's passed through less hands, you know, less processing. And you know that, okay, you're getting it from straight from source to consumer. It's probably going to be a little bit cheaper as well for you to do that. So it's, of course, the best. And then you're also supporting the small businesses, which actually need, your support and if we all do that then those small businesses can thrive and we don't need to vote with our dollars towards the big corporations because that's what we are doing you know with our dollars every single dollar you spend you are voting which corporation or which business do you want to grow do you want cows in the world then eat cows if you want fake plant plant based burgers then you know buy plant based burgers but the problem is that we actually don't want that we don't want fake food we want real food in the world We don't want lab grown meat, you know, so we actually want to vote with our money and be very wise and even better, like own our own chickens or something, you know, grow something in our garden, you know, be proactive about it because then we actually see seasonally, you know, what actually will grow because if you put carrots at one time of the year and then they're not going to grow in your garden. You're wondering why they're not growing. Well, obviously it's not season and you're not meant to eat carrots, but you can find them in your supermarket. And that's a big issue for your physiology because it's not adapted to that ever lasting abundance of those same foods.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, why don't we wrap it up there? Um, because the other stuff that I want to talk about, like they're just, they're such long topics And uh, maybe while we're still kind of just transitioning into the new year, maybe we'll be able to sit down again, um, you know, in the next like few days or a week and just kind of like, you know, bang out another one of these because um, we never got into some of the stuff that I found most fascinating. Last time we talked was all the ancestral living, ancestral eating and all. And I know that's such a big subject to unpack and I don't want to rush it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Well, well, let's wish everybody like a a happy new year and uh, successful one. And uh, one message that I would like to give to everybody for the new year is that one of the greatest things that you can do for yourself is to take ownership and responsibility for your health. Um, do you trust somebody else more than yourself with your health? If you do, well, that's an issue. You need to take control over your health. Be proactive about it. You know, do your research, you know, look into trying to exercise more, look into you know, learning more about nutrition, look into learning more about how to optimize your sleep because we all have the power. There's such so much good information out there. It's all about being proactive and, you know, spreading, you know, the good vibes and try and surround yourself with people who are uplifting and who do not suck your energy. That's a very important one.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, it just gets me, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, throw out some Instagram, email. How do people get a hold of you?
1: Okay, so my website is uh, mobility-fitness.com. That's where you'll find all my services for coaching, uh, mobility, exercises, training, nutrition, lifestyle optimization. So I've got all that on there. I work one-on-one with people at the moment. For the new year, I'm going to be launching a uh, mobility workout library where you're going to find like a library of exercises, which is going to be an ever-growing library. So it's going to be a subscription-type model. So you subscribe like your, you know, your monthly gym membership, and it's going to be a growing library of exercises of mobility, strength, flexibility, and it's all about improving your ability to move and become more human. So stay tuned for that and make sure to check that out. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Andreas underscore David underscore Christu, And also you'll find me on YouTube at um, Movement Specialist Andreas Altogether. Awesome. Thank you for having me on.
0: No problem. Thank you, Andres. Have yourself a wonderful day. Tell Tina that I say hi.
1: I will. Thank you, Blake. It's been a pleasure.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Oh, big flex. I like it. I like it. Have a yeah. wonderful day.
1: <laughs> you too, brother. Take care.